Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today, we are talking all things Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 6. It's the series finale. We're going to talk about who lived, who died, what spoilers surprised us, and what story arcs took us in ways we didn't think. We're going to talk about our thoughts and immediate reactions as we record an hour after watching it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, and uh, we've got three other Infinity Bros here today with us. We've got uh, Robbie Sauter. Hello. And then we've got Isaac Edlund. I. And finally, we have my good friend, Mark Jones. Hi, everybody. We have a very special show for you today. We are breaking down the series finale of Game of Thrones. As many of you know, maybe if you listen, I am not a Game of Thrones expert, but these three lovely Infinity Bros are, so it will be a conversation dominated by them today. But hey, this may be your first episode listening with us. You may be looking for Game of Thrones feedback. You may have questions that you need answered. You may just need to listen to reviews because you don't know what happened last night, last week, last year, whatever. So if this is your first time listening with us, we want you to be familiar with our rating system that we're going to put right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. All right. And uh, so here's the way this is going to work on this show. We rate things, as we've explained here, and uh, this is going to be a spoiler episode as well. We want to make sure that you know we will be spoiling things this episode. So, if you have not seen the series finale of Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 6, this is your final warning of spoilers. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. All right, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and start with our reviews, and then we'll kind of keep the dialogue open with conversation after that. Robbie, we're going to start with you. Robbie, tell us your review of Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 6. Um, <clears throat> Disappointing. Lackluster. Um, and a, and a building first i don't know 15 20 minutes that uh i don't know left you just disappointed i don't know you want me to put my you want my infinity stones yeah uh, yes we will need rankings from everybody give it 1.7 there you go a 1.7 wow. out of 6 rating from oh, robbie goodness. we'll get into that a little more i'm assuming as well uh, we'll send it on over to Isaac. Isaac, what is your rating of season eight, episode six of Game of Thrones? I I don't like the vibe that I'm getting from these guys, man. I I think overall, I I know we're gonna talk about this later, but overall, I think this season has been a little bit of a downer. But I think that was the best episode in this whole season for me. So um, I'm gonna give that one a five. I just based on there are other. Um, better game of thrones episodes of course but i thought it was great there was great dialogue amazing acting by just about everybody i don't know i don't know what you got i'm excited to see what you guys didn't like about it which episode did you watch <laughs> i Calm watched down. the uh, finale easy, of easy. the show game of thrones <laughs> is, it, is that the one you guys easy. Yeah, everybody calm down about. easy settle <laughs> settle settle your dragons calm down we're going to do one more review, then we'll kind of get into the heated conversation I think we're going to get this episode, which I'm super excited about. Mark, we're off to you. Well, I, I want to give it a fan fantastic, but it's not bad because, yeah, there's good dialogue. There's all incredible acting, great shots, but I'll leave with this. At the end of this whole eight-series saga odyssey that we just got, Danny gets stabbed, and... Do you have the the swearing bleeps ready, or should I censor myself? <laughs> the dragon carries. Do your best, Cersei away, and that's the last we. You mean Daenerys. I mean, did Daenerys? 
Danny, I'm sorry. That's how flustered I am. And we never see them again. That That's how it ends. Might never see them again. Well, no, this is it. This you is don't it, know. Isaac. No, they're gone. They're gone. This is gone. it. This is how uh, it ended. There's going to be like three spinoff shows. Maybe one of them's about what the dragon. What if we Drogon just know. carrying Daenerys around <laughs> Westeros? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Until we hear confirmation of what those spinoffs are, you don't know. Okay, okay, okay. The, I'm going to interject. I'm going to interject. Time out, time out, Mark. No, 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 no. Time out, Mark. No, 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 Mark. Max, okay. no, 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 Isaac, we're going to start with you just to stay positive, because that's what we want to do here on the Infinity Bros podcast. Positivity, yeah. Isaac, tell us what you liked about this episode. Um, like I already mentioned, the dialogue in this episode is amazing. Uh, the tension in this episode is, I, th- I feel like what this whole um, season has really been missing, because just because they're trying to resolve so many storylines and... I feel like the tension in this episode is just there throughout the whole episode. Even after it's, you know, done. Like, like episode five is the big battle. D- Danny destroys King's Landing. And this episode is about, like, them picking up the pieces and trying to fit things back together. And I just felt everything flowed so well. I don't know. I just really like the whole episode. Um, Let's see. So... I think one of my favorite parts was the um, the dialogue between uh, Tyrion and John when Tyrion gets arrested or whatever you want to call it, um, and John goes to visit him, and Tyrion basically is like, "You have to kill Danny." Like he doesn't say that outright, but they go back and forth, and it's a really, really great conversation. Where I mean, John already knows that something has to be done about Danny. Um, that's like, like th- they both realized that last episode when she destroyed King's Landing, but in this moment, Tyrion's like, "You have to do it. I know you don't want to do it, but you have to." So I don't know. Just a lot of different. Uh, as far as action wise, it may not be, you know, the best episode or whatever because it's a. Like I said, it's a lot of just kind of wrapping up the storyline and everything like that. So just, I don't know. I just, a lot of good dialogue, a lot of good um, characters interacting and stuff. And it I guess it throw a, throws a few twists in there. So I could see where if uh, you didn't like the twists, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where you guys are going with it. So we'll see. That's what I thought. Rob, Robbie, I want to hear from you because we, we heard a really passionate speech from Mark. But I'm just, I just speaking I just, what Isaac's saying, give us your feedback. I just don't get where you're, what twists there are. They're not big twists. I mean, okay, the first 15, 20 minutes are good, but I just feel like out of this hour and 20 minute episode, 15 minutes of it was just people walking. They were just getting pretty shots. And like, I get it. You want to see the destruction and everything, but like we heard the what Game of Thrones theme song twice at the end because they didn't have any more music to use. So they just played it again when john left well what did you want in a season family that's that's I what wanted they're gonna do that's what every show want, does i want ever. something big their... i don't want people sitting around talking and and forcing jokes and i'm robbie and i like michael bay movies because there's more explosions i don't blah, even blah, like blah, michael blah. bay movies i'm just saying it just it's <laughs> anticlimactic danny's dead by 30 minutes in and it just kind of happens and then drogon what Drogon destroys instead of like setting fire to John, which you know would make sense for Drogon to do because he's mad. He destroys the Iron Chair because he hates shiny. I things, that was like I the best part of the that that was one of my favorite parts of this whole freaking season. Him destroying the Iron that Throne. That was cool, destroying the Iron the thing Throne. That but everybody why didn't he has thought John? about this he whole time. He smelled the knife. He knew what John smelled like. He smelled him before he walked in. Like yeah, he should have like you... tried to set John on fire. That would have been cool. Because you know there's that John already a connection, and then Drogon would have been already like, connection, and he knows he probably right knows there. that he's a Targaryen. So not getting John burned by the dragon. Exactly, it's a missed opportunity. Isaac, you speak to this. I want to hold on. Let's let's let Isaac talk. Isaac, speak to this. Go. Uh well, I don't know. Like, like I don't know. Like, I was just saying, the 
I mean, yeah, that that would have been cool to see him light John on fire and John just is survives, you know, that would have been cool. But I don't know. I, I feel like there is like some sort of relationship buildup between John and the dragon because John, you know, has ridden the dragons. He's, you know, been interacting with them over the past season. So the dragon knows that, you know, exactly. I mean, I can only assume that the dragon knows he's a Targaryen. So why would he light him on fire? Because he wants to kill him. He just killed his mother. Dragons are smarter than they've, they've alluded to this a bunch of times in the past season that the dragons are very smart. So the yeah, dragon so smelled smart, the maybe knife. He knows that yeah, John is to related to Danny. To <laughs> well, Drogon didn't. <laughs> Drogon just flew away <laughs> with Danny because I don't know. Maybe that, because Isaac wants a season of Drogon flying around Westeros. <laughs> Goes yeah. and buries Danny's mm-hmm. body next to. Uh, <clears throat> Call, I guess up. Isaac, what what twist stuck out to you in this episode? Because you, you've spoken, you've alluded to a couple twists. First of all, that John was the one to kill Danny. I, I mean, I, that that wasn't really a twist. Probably that was more so like everybody knew she was going to die somehow. I was kind of thinking that Arya might be That's the one to kill her because because like Arya, you know, you, at the end of the fifth episode, you mm-hmm. see her just kind of the wheels yep. turning in her head, and she realizes all this destruction is going on. She's like. Well, maybe Cersei wasn't the one that I should have killed. See, maybe can I was, touch on that real quick? Maybe it was they, Danny. Then we see her wielding, riding a horse right. out in the last episode, and then when we see her this episode, the horse. Yeah, is gone. she like, just, just walks out of the. Horse? Yeah, she walks out of the rubble. She doesn't ride a horse the entire episode. Can I just can I just touch on the Arya thing really quick? They built Arya yeah, go up. Go for it. Go for it. They built Arya up the whole end of episode five, and she literally does nothing in episode six. Yeah, she does. She decides that she's gonna go west. Yeah, she she becomes Christopher Columbus. <laughs> yeah, like you know, Christopher Col- Christopher Columbus kills like a ton of people. So that's what we're gonna get <laughs> in the Arya spinoff. <laughs> oh boy, that's gonna be the spinoff. I will say, I was a little bit bummed about that. That Arya didn't get the chance. She didn't to do anything. Really kill any anybody or like like she's built up in the fifth or in the sixth no fifth, seventh or, season because yeah. this is the eighth, right? Yeah, she's built up in the seventh season. Like she's got so much baggage mm-hmm. and she wants so much revenge and then this season she really doesn't do anything besides killing them yeah night it's king, like it's so, like they they had her kill the night king so she they were like oh well she can't kill cersei or danny too like she only gets one like no that's Arya's character Arya's character was bred to be a killing machine basically yeah that was a little bit of a bummer that she didn't get to uh support her stuff this episode but Mark, uh, Mark, you sat silent long enough. Give us some more of that juicy feedback you have about how negative and horrible this is. By the way, for those that have never heard our show before, a fan fantastic means a one out of six, a hard one. That that's where it is. It's horrible. That's what Mark was referencing and rating. The other thing I want to make sure that people understand too is these guys are all fresh off of watching this, like. Robbie, you'd been on for like 20 minutes. Isaac literally got off of watching and got on to talk to us. So very fresh conversation. Oh, Mark, go ahead. I, I just want to make that clear. Like, yeah, I want to give it a fan fantastic, but I'm still going to give it a three out of six. Like, it's not horrible. Like, I mean, it's not Jaws 4. I mean. <laughs> you did say the other day when we uh, had a podcast, I believe it was episode four or five, you said that you're going to be giving at least a five to every episode this season. I, I did, and sometimes you have to eat your words, Max. Hmm. Well, good thing we have it recorded. That's all I have to say. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, sorry. Isaac, what um, great... Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I'm just... I'm not going to get my review now. I just have to... Well, you actually gave your review at the front. I just wanted to hear you're, your rebuttal right. to Isaac. So. My rebuttal... Well, I mean, Isaac has some good points. I really don't think there was any twists. There was no M. Night Shyamalan twist to this. It, no one was like, I see dead people at the end of this. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that was a part of this. Um... Is I is, is Bran? Hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Mark, Mark, time out. Is Bran getting on the throne not a twist? Well, he can't walk. He's not getting on a throne. He's already he's already. Well, it's not really a twist yeah, when when one, he Robbie. reveals that he's like, oh, why else would I he, make this trip all the way out here? And you're like, oh gosh, yeah, you know he everything. Is the king Max? He is the king. I, if you have, that hadn't been explained, yes, he they they eyed him to the king. Um. And well, the king of the I six. Think that was a little bit of a twist. Kingdoms. I don't think that I was, was just a twist. saying. I I would count that as I think that's being counted as a twist by some viewers. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I would count that as a twist. And yeah, it's not like a mind blowing twist, but I mean, 
does anybody expect the kid that's crippled to be the king of the now six kingdoms? I mean, that's just, I don't know. I, I think it's a twist. It's just not like you mind blowing. Oh no, yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. I just thought it was <laughs> the only thing that I thought that it kind of uh, copied Endgame was after John stabs Danny and then we get like a like a five years later type of thing, but it's like probably been a they month. They said it was later. a couple weeks. Yeah. Well it had to be yeah. They said a few weeks, we get but the like, word out and then that was another thing. It was snowing when John went and stabbed Danny and then a couple weeks go by and then it's all it's like summer outside. Well, it was snowing ashes because they just destroyed the city. It's not snowing. Are you snowing. sure? It looked like it was snow. I'm well, pretty even sure it's if it was ashes, snow, you can't, literally you the can't same keep day. Westeros to the standards of Earth. But like they, but they said world. that this can, winter, winter was going to be the longest they winter they've had in a long time. Right? Like, I'm pretty. Well, in the first like 20 minutes of the episode when everybody's walking through the streets, that's got to be ash. I Yeah, I yeah. I give, I'll give you that. that. And may, maybe this I'll whole atmospheric that. and weather debate will be, you know explained when they start but their like, three spin-off yeah, series. Yeah, but like Drogon characters. was laying underneath all of it. Well, how Drogon would have had to been laying there for like days to get that much ash on him. How how do you know? Because it's a giant dragon sitting in front of a door. Do you have scientific proof to prove that 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 would happen? Did maybe maybe time. Drogon like set thinking. a bunch of trees you... on fire above King's Landing and then just maybe. did that for dramatic effect? Where, which I will say, you know Drogon the does have ash great, falling great upon... dramatic effect. He does. Do you think the people, oh, when the... the ash was happening in this Westeros, do you think with it was like snowing ash, the people were just like throwing up and coughing? Or do you think the dialogue, did the dialogue just happen? Like as somebody who didn't watch well, it. Well, they're all dead, so. Yeah. I mean. King's Landing, they're all dead. Well, the people around it weren't dead. I mean, the people that are well, seeing all this ash happen like, and fall. You, you. I feel like if the Unsullied had this place for a couple of weeks, they they definitely killed everyone in King's Landing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Am, I, am I rocking no, that right. one? They definitely went yeah, like. Everyone is dead. Ah, well, <laughs> I'm. Well, <laughs> everyone's like, well, I'm, I'm the commander of war now, so I guess we're just going to kill everyone in here. <laughs> well, and that was the thing. The first 20 minutes you get in and, like, Danny start talking about liberating Westeros. And basically she's just talking about killing everyone. Is is that the same vibe you guys got? Like she was talking about killing everyone. Yeah, it's the, it's the Thanos effect. You exactly. She made everyone that can remember the past. She went hundred percent. She went hundred percent Thanos. Like I'm just gonna kill everyone who is part of Cersei's army, or, or who was basically a person under Cersei. And it's just like, and then you got that, and you're excited, and then five minutes later, John just stabs her, and Drogon's melts a chair, takes her away, and then you're stuck with talking and walking and 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 not that that's bad because they they tied up a lot of loose ends i I think it's just with how epic episode five was in the build-up of aria and you know danny kind of going out the deep end we just didn't get we didn't get the i don't know what the word is we didn't get the reward for seeing that death and destruction we just got talking we didn't get any finality yeah it was there's too much open ending it's mm-hmm. i don't know in a series like this i i kind of now wish that the night king would have won in season two or in episode two and just or episode whatever and just found his way all the way to episode six and like that's it like everyone's dead no more you're we're not gonna give you a spinoff show with the ice the, the zombies rule dead. the land now everybody's yeah. dead well and, <laughs> then and we're done so we're never we're, coming back to this we were all in agreement that we liked all the way up through episode five, right? Like I liked it. I know a lot of people were whining out there, but I liked all the way through episode five, and then episode six came, and I just I don't know. I for whatever well, reason that hold, episode hold made that thought, me Robbie, because I want to get into else. that here. Hold on, I want I want to get into this um, real quick. I want to highlight one more thing. Tyrion, what did you guys think of his ending? Real quick, before we kind of move on to the next subtopic in this Game of Thrones discussion. I really like his. Uh... I really like his character arc in this whole um, show. You know, going from season one, he's this dude who literally doesn't care. He's like hanging out in brothels, just drunk 100% of the time. And then he, you know, turns around, um, you know, gets betrayed, kills his dad. Um, and that basically is like kind of jolts him awake a little bit. And then he still tries to be kind of this clever 
evil, not evil, but clever um, guy who is kind of working behind the scenes. And then this last season, he just gets broken down and he finally realizes that he is wrong about Danny in these last couple episodes. And I just, I just love the, the humility that he shows, I guess, at the end, like he, he comes up and he's like, I don't deserve to, you know, he, I mean, he basically accepted his fate when he, um, told Danny that he didn't want to be his, her hand anymore. And he basically was like, yeah, I'm probably going to die, but I just can't live with this anymore. Yeah. That was awesome. Just chucks the, chucks the, whatever the little token on the, The on his shirt, just the hand sigil. Yeah. He just, that was, that was one of my favorite parts too. Um, so he does that. He basically accepts that he's going to die. And then later when brands like, I want you to be my hand, he's like, no, I don't deserve this. I'm, I'm not the person you, you need. I'm not the person you want. And brands like, no, you are, you're going to fix all this. So I just thought that was really cool. The whole the character arc, you know, going from somebody who doesn't care at all, doesn't, um, care about anybody else around him, but himself and just going to the humble, um, you know, caring about people of King's Landing, caring about the, the people of Westeros in this episode. So I just thought that was really cool. And he's one of my favorite. Peter Dinklage is amazing. He's one of my favorite characters in this whole show. So, Yeah, he's also, he's also my favorite character in the show. And, and, and I think, I don't know if it's just you expected something to happen to him so much because he was so popular. Like, you just expected he was going to die. And like, how many times did he, was he like basically at death's door throughout all the seasons? Like, you're just waiting for Tyrion to die. And I kind of I, I I do like what they did with him, making him the hand of the king again when he doesn't want to do it. Um, I I will agree though with like the people that are hating this episode or this season, last season where his writing has gone downhill. Like he used to be this very quick and clever talker um and he just didn't have quite as much and maybe maybe that turns into his humility that he's learned like doesn't have to have all these quips and be quick and make people feel stupid all the time but it, it just doesn't seem like it's see it seemed like it was the writing and not so much him as the character growing if that makes sense yeah yeah i think i'll kind of half agree with you there but i do like that point that you made that maybe his humility kind of toned down the sharp, you know, words and remarks that he used to make, but the writing in like, maybe not this whole season has been great, but the writing in this episode for Tyrion was fantastic. His monologues and dialogue between him and John during that one part was great. And some of my favorite parts of that episode, Anything else you guys want to highlight from this episode before we move to the kind of next topic of our discussion? Why is there still a Night's Watch? True. Well, that's that's one like, thing that I was like, yeah. like what? At the end of the day, it's like, why would that still be a thing? Well, it looked like John was leading them. I know Tyrion's them. like, well, oh. there's got to be a place for bastards and, and um, you know, bad people. But, like, really, there, you know there's nothing to watch anymore. Right. Well, it looked like John was leading all of them out to go like live in the wild. Well, he's going to be the king of the Yeah, north, he's going to so be the well, like, be. king of the wildlings, I guess. But well, like the true north. I thought it was interesting cuz they showed a blade of grass coming through the snow. So I'm kind of wondering if that I thought they were going to like show Yeah, I thought they were going to show like more like a grassy area that he was leading them to or something. But yeah, I, that's I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That is kind of I funny. Do, I do like that, that they did that with John, and that makes me wonder if that's going to be a be one of the spinoffs. Is what John and Tormund and Ghost thirty feet in front of horses. <laughs> okay, was that not the best part of episode when John came up to Ghost and finally petted him? Yeah, they finally him? redeemed his character. Yeah, yeah, that was. I knew I knew he was gonna meet up with ghosts again when they did that. I was like, that it just can't mm-hmm. end like that. There's no way. I would like to point out that uh, somebody in our group chat, I don't remember who it was, um, said that they might push the spinoffs in this episode. I think Mark and said I, that. I mean, Game of Thrones has been written so well that I didn't think they were gonna do that. Can you guys? I mean, from what I've heard, the rumors say there's gonna be three spinoffs. That's like 
the only rumor that I've I, heard about spinoffs at all. I heard they were going to be prequels, the, I thought. Yeah, there's going to be a prequel where it's uh, like 8,000 years before all this. Like at the start of like the, like we'll get the whole story of how the White Walkers like start to grow and them building the wall. That's what I've heard is at least that part. But now we get to have Maisie Williams be Christopher Columbus and go west of Westeros and fight whatever's out there. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, do you think that um, kind of the separating of the Starks kind of paved the way for some of those spinoffs? Like, you've got Maisie Williams, Arya going out into the the deep blue sea. You've got John going up north with the wildlings. Bran's got King's Landing and the, ruling but the Six I feel Kingdoms. Like, I don't feel like those would be good spinoffs. Like, I mean, no, no, like, you're like right. The one no. going Westwood, like, like with Arya. Yeah, I think that you could do something but there. Could you make an Maybe entire series out of it? Maybe. But I'm, but the like following Sansa in the north or Bronn, it's yeah, like yeah. We're, we've already Sansa been there. And Bronn we, wouldn't we know be what all spin-offs. happened. Like what could ha- what could what more could happen? It'd be like Dragon Ball Z. What you're telling me something more powerful and more vicious is now here that we have to fight? Like hey, you watch yourself. I, I I want that HBO. I want the real shot for shot HBO live action Dragon Ball Z. I'll get I'll get I'll take that. But Hashtag we've already Dragon Ball that. Z we don't need HBO. That get it done. I I the only thing I would wonder maybe if it's not actually three spin-off series maybe they just put all three of them into like intertwining stories and make that into one series well, just, i could i could watch wow, that just like game of thrones was exactly where we had like eight different stories going at yeah. the same time and all of a sudden they merged <laughs> what do the you end. know oh my gosh genius idea Robbie. i'm just Let's saying I, I i'm not an gonna Oscar, watch an executive producer the North. and what writer are gonna do? for the two series john found a fresh batch of trees today they're going to cut them down and make a make <laughs> found a some elderberries and, uh... <laughs> really what it comes down to is that robbie gets bored during during shows and movies i feel like this is this is his big thing no, what are you what are you talking about i i loved i have loved game of thrones this episode disappointed me i expected more because I, it was I boring to I'm you i'm not granted to expect more from an episode or a series Let's I've get watched into that. three hey, times Let's over. get into that. Time it's out, time too, out, time it's out. It's too let bad me, Michael Bay didn't, didn't direct this last episode. <laughs> let me interject. Like let me interject around, and let's, walk around, more dragon let's move on to our next Dramatic for sure. Hey, 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 I gotta ask you this, Robbie. Do you like Do you like uh, Lord of the Rings? Yes, I like Lord of the Rings. What do you guys... There was a lot of walking. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Mark, you gave it a three. Don't be that guy. Yeah, you didn't like it either. I guess, you know what though, Mark? That's why you I'm gonna defend you though, Mark. Here's where I'm gonna defend you. I gave a three to Detective Pikachu, and I said in the podcast, go see it. It's worth seeing. So that's what I'll say. So the three isn't necessarily a bad rating. I think your tone was lower than a three. I digress. This this story took eight seasons. Um, there was a lot of hype living into this season. Now, I want you guys, Mark and Robbie, this is going to be tough for you, okay? Do your best. Did this season... Not the episode. Did this season live up to the height and expectations you had? Robbie, we'll start with you. I mean, yes and no. We we got closure on a bunch of story, like a bunch of the storylines that they did. I I think if they would have made this ten episodes, like most of the seasons are, we've I think they could have done it better. I guess not to saying they didn't, they, they tied up what they needed to tie up, but like the night King dies in episode three. Correct. Um, I mean, five se- five, six seasons were all dedicated to winter is coming and then he's just dead. Um, and, and it, and it's fine that he died. It's fine that he died even halfway through the season, but when you only have two episodes to build to that, in this season and then one episode where you kill him it just it just didn't seem like he got quite as much i like how they did it i just feel like we could have gotten more story in there and same with danny and taking over king's landing and like if, if there would have been an episode between the episode we just got and last episode where they just kind of they go through Danny's like going and destroying things and John's struggling with this and Tyrion is, you know, plotting and trying to force John and all these, you know, we see Sansa coming and they, they kind of have an army type thing going on and they, they, it all comes to a head again. And then we get this episode. I think I would have been happier. It just, it just, and I hate to 
say what everyone else has been saying, but it was just it's just a little rushed. Isaac, uh, I'm gonna agree with Robbie there. Um, so I would say that no, it did not live up to the hype for me, and that's because. Game of Thrones has been such a great show over the past seven seasons. I was expecting a six out of six for this season. And I think it was more of a five out of six. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it broke my expectations or anything like that. It just wasn't quite as good as I was expecting. It was still very good. It just wasn't quite as good as I was expecting it to be. And I'll agree with Robbie again that... It just, with only six episodes, there's only so much you can do to wrap up those loose ends. And if we had 10 episodes, like you said, like, yeah, maybe we could have a little bit more interaction between uh, some of the characters. Maybe, you know, Cersei actually gets a better death where she faces down somebody that, you know, that has been wronged by her instead of just being crushed by a bunch of rocks. Yeah, exactly. And maybe the Night King actually means something instead of just dying and then all of his armies die. And Yeah, you know. it, it almost would have been awesome to see if, like, they didn't win Winterfell and they had to flee to King's Landing. And, like, in the backdrop, when they get to King's Landing, Cersei can see this army coming towards them. So then we get a whole... I mean, that's just hearsay at this point. But yeah, yeah. Kind of agree I'd, with you. I'd, I'd have been on board with that. I think Mark's just all about, like, the, the zombies winning. I think that's what he really wants. Getting more than two episodes, I think, is what he wants. True, true. Yeah, well, it's, no, it's just a, I agree. It's just a piggyback on what you guys have been saying, though. We get this whole winter's coming. We see how bad the, you know, these Nightwalkers are or whatever. And then in one episode, they're all defeated. Like, we, they do kill a lot of people in, in that one episode. But it's just... Well, and how they're defeated is, is cool, too, you know? It's just, it just happens all in one episode and all at Winterfell. I, I feel like this season is like a, a firework show. It starts off strong. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, look at that. Is it a dragon firework? Oh, yeah, it is. And then the show ends with three bottle rockets going off. It's like, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. And then everyone just waits. Like, is that it? And then the lights, then everyone's like, yep, time to go home. Bye. <laughs> And then we go yeah, home. like every fireworks show ever. And, and just like anything, it's just like, yeah, I mean, hopefully people remember the meat of the whole season, but I feel like for a while people are going to just remember the ending and that's going to maybe diminish this last season. This is kind of a similar discussion to Lost. I, I was a big Lost guy and a lot of people hated the final episode and how they ended it. And... I, I was more on Isaac's camp of like, you know, this is a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't the best episode of Lost I've ever seen, but I think this is kind of the similar discussion. Um, so I want to bring up some ratings that I was just looking at, and obviously we, some of us have a love-hate relationship with Rotten Tomatoes in this group. <coughs> Mark. Um, I, I and, don't have, I don't love it. Robbie. You're the one who loves and, it. Isaac. Um, <laughs> but, You're uh, the one who's chokes on Rotten Tomatoes. That's it. <laughs> Anyway, um, but uh, season eight is already ranked its lowest season going into episode six. Didn't matter what the episode was. It was going to be its lowest rank. And the lowest ranking episode of all time on Rotten Tomatoes in regards to um, to Game of Thrones was actually The Bells, episode five. Um, do you think that was fair? I don't agree with that by at Rotten all. Tomatoes and the fans or like help me understand that. No, it, I feel like it's like Star Wars. There's been so much buildup. They let a whole year go by for more fans to believe that, hey, this is our stuff. They should be catering to our will. And if you change the narrative, the fans go insane. So when so when the bell rings and Danny goes on her amazing rampage of killing everyone, and then Cersei dying the way she... Like, what? At the end of the day, like, yeah, I would love to see Cersei get skinned alive by Arya or something like that. But she is, she's not trained in combat. Like, that's not... Like, oh my gosh, someone... like. Like freaking Sam could have well, killed, killed her. Tyrion could have killed her. I mean, been no one killed her. Yeah, like, <laughs> That'd like literally, great. she gets, she gets the see end that. that was predicted by Jamie that we came into this world mm-hmm. together, we'll go out to this world together, and that's what happened. And I think that's what's poetry on the on the screen. That's what we got. See, I didn't mind that, so. but I I don't understand how that was the lowest rated episode. That was my favorite episode. It was beautifully done. Like there, the action was amazing, and like 
you know, you guys made fun of me for not liking the slow moments, but the slow moments in that episode worked perfectly. And I thought it was, I thought it was easily one of the best episodes, not just, not just this season, one of the best done episodes in the entire series. Like I loved that episode and I don't understand, maybe it's just the twist of Danny and people just being mad because she is like one of the most loved characters in the show. I just, I don't, I don't get the rating. I really don't. Here's what's crazy though. If you look at it too, three of the bottom four episodes of the lowest rated episodes in Rotten Tomatoes for Game of Thrones are from season eight. Um, number four is The Long Night, which you guys talked about a bit ago. Number three is The Last of the Starks, episode four. And then number the lowest is obviously The Bells. So the critics and the fans are kind of aligning on this. It's not, I mean, you just spoke to the fans in what you're reading online, but the critics are weighing in as well. Um, two of those three, they gave officially rotten scores of 57 and 48. The Long Night was still 75%, so it got a fresh rating, but it was a low fresh rating compared to the other episodes it was I'd, watched. It, I it put was. money saying that this this episode will be the lowest rated episode easily. Hmm. And does it get does it get rated low because people didn't like how the story went? Because I feel like at the end of the day, all these episodes were, were shot beautifully. Like you could tell money went into making everything look good. So and the acting was good. I mean the only the only episode in the season that should get a low rating because of cinematography is the episode with uh the Starbucks cup. But <laughs> like at the end of the day, I feel like people like just like our like just like Robbie and I, we're coming in bitter to this, but maybe in a year, maybe in a week we'll be like oh, okay they, you know the episode was good i mean whatever they, like yeah they'll you know, get over i it, mean but. even just talking yeah they tied up these loose ends i would need to tie it up tied up but i don't understand from a critic point of view how they could rate episode five so low i think uh what mark said kind of about the star wars effect kind of does take into play like you have this um long story of game of thrones where Everything's been building up so well. They've done so great with all the previous seasons. And the expectations were just so high that I think everybody was kind of like let down that they weren't as high. Even though, you know, like I said, I was expecting a 6 out of 6 and it was a 5 out of 6, which is still really good. I think everybody was like, oh man, stuff didn't happen that I wanted, didn't want to happen oh my gosh like freaking out about all that oh my gosh my my theory didn't come true that i wrote on reddit (laughs) last year why did any of those guys read that and think that's the truth okay i haven't watched this show so i can't speak to the content of what you're talking about but the idea of that hey i have an expectation that this story is going to thrill me and excite me i don't think that's an unreasonable expectation i know what you're saying here mark is okay if, if my personal idea or story does not become reality, that's frustrating. But I think a lot of people did predict things in like Endgame or Star Wars or Lost or just these big cultural phenomenons that have happened over the years. And I do think there is merit to being disappointed to an extent. And you've alluded to it a little bit today. I mean, like of like this was so it felt rushed to you. And if it felt rushed to you guys after you've enjoyed such the long season, or I mean a short season of rich content from your perspective, other people would disagree, but to you guys, you'd say that. Is that unreasonable to, to have these expectations though, Mark? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I I will say, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's merit in what you're saying to an extent, but there is literally fans out there that are starting a petition to reshoot the entire season eight of Game of Thrones. It's like, okay, I mean, it's well, a little I, I, ridiculous. I hope, I hope they get a couple hundred million dollars to reshoot this whole season and get these actors to come back in. So good luck with that petition. Do you think Zane's out there right now signing it, like getting ready to do this, and that's why he's not here tonight? He's probably go- he's probably going door to door right now. Yeah, or he's watching <laughs> Detective Pikachu for the third time. So he could be doing that either way. And to hit on what um, you were saying, Max, about like, it's hard to end a series and totally. you had that with lost. I had that with Dexter mm-hmm. and I was on the mm-hmm. camp that actually enjoyed Dexter's the- a great uh, example. Yeah, too. I, yeah. We, love Dexter. we had that we with had, Dexter. We had, yes, we well, had that with Dexter. I enjoyed we the had ending that. of Dexter. I don't know where you guys sit, but there's a lot of people that are on, you're on either side of the fence. I didn't mind it. No, I didn't mind it either. Cause to me like that, like 
I don't know. Yeah, maybe at the time I just that's just what I thought he would end up as. Like, of course he has to run away and hide, which then leads it open to which I mean, I mean they could come back with Dexter. I mean, this is really Dexter's interesting. Just killed like Danny. This is really interesting yeah. too, though, because like Endgame just came out a couple weeks ago, and everybody's just so excited about how that ended. And I think this is just a really fascinating. This is so interesting that they both intersected very close together in the age of social media. I'm really fascinated. I'm like you, Robbie. I'm really excited actually to see what the reviews are on this because you guys all season have been like, buckle up. We're in this. We're, we're no matter what we're in this. And then we get on tonight. I'm expecting all three of you to give it glowing reviews and two of you don't hate it, but you certainly aren't raving about it. Hey, I would have given this a six out of six. If Captain America would have showed up, you know, in his using the t- his time machine yeah. and hit Old hit Danny Cap. in the face with a hammer, and then no, 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 he's he's returning the stones. He went back too far. He's trying to get the Voromir and wound up on in Westeros and King's Landing. What if that was the the ending of this? Was that this was I the world that started the Marvel Cinematic? Like that would have been so cheesy, but I would have loved been it. Perfect. <laughs> then we get to get HBO Marvel Marvel shows. Oh gosh, HBO Marvel shows would whale. Um, want to talk to you guys real quick. And I think all four of us can engage in this dialogue, but you three are definitely going to have more to say than I do. What do you think that your thoughts have been just on the cultural impact, especially over the last decade of Game of Thrones on pop culture? Um, this this show, it's impossible to avoid it to any extent, I think. And it's just been interesting to watch um, it grow in pop culture and how many people watch it. How has the cultural impact been from your perspective? Isaac, can I start with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's just incredible. And and now we live in an age where, like you said, Max, there are some uh, cultural phenomenons that are really just like unavoidable. And this Game of Thrones was one of those things. And I don't know, maybe it's been the past like five years just with the furtherance of technology and social media and all that stuff but man like it's crazy I, I can't go on my phone during a, an episode of Game of Thrones because literally every other tweet or post is about Game of Thrones like I just can't go on my phone Isaac, because don't you think that's nuts that like Marvel fans have the the decency not to like instantly spoil it as it's happening I think they're both Game fans of Thrones of, fans are like a lot of fans are fans of both though wouldn't you say yeah but but you know, Game of I don't, Thrones fans you don't really see everything. that. It's like it's like the yeah. cool thing to spoil Game of Thrones while Game of Thrones is on. Yeah, like you you can't look at so like I was spoiled today. Some of the questions I had, I was just scrolling through Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, just that that the fact that you literally can't avoid it if you're on the internet. Like, you hear about it, even if you're not hearing spoilers, per se. Like, there's articles written about it. There's, like, just everything. Like, uh, promotions, you know, advertising, everything about Game of Thrones, about Endgame, you know, stuff like that. It's just really crazy to see that um, entertainment can really just take over stuff like that nowadays. Just because you're just saturated by it. And now it's gone. Oh. Robbie, what do you think? Kind of just piggybacking off of what Isaac says from the social media aspect, this is a HBO, like, rated R show. Kids aren't supposed to watch it type of thing. And it became, you know, as big as Friends was, as big, I mean, bigger than probably what Friends was, bigger than Lost, bigger than Dexter, bigger than Breaking Bad. I mean, it's up there. In, friends, in, that's that's a tough. That's friends a tough is a tough one. Yeah, t- we'll, we'll see down the line. Still, we'll see down probably the line. not, but, you but know. Yeah, down the line we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But for for a show on HBO, and obviously there's been shows on HBO that have been great and people rave about them, but they haven't been this big. And, and it's it's cool. I just looked it up. It started April seventeenth, two thousand eleven. So we've had it for eight years, and it's kind of been coinciding with the Marvel universe, just growing and growing and growing, and getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. And, and you, where else can you say that's from besides social media? It's like, it becomes one of those things. If people are like, Oh, I haven't watched game of Thrones. Oh, now you're just an edgy person (laughs) 
max or or it's like i haven't seen the marvel movies you'd be just be like wait you what you haven't seen the marvel movies you need to go watch the marvel movies people say the same thing about game of thrones it's just it's grown to this you know thing that it's just it's just huge and it's all because social media makes things so popular now people will tell other people what's popular and things like that will grow do you think, Mark, before you give your your thoughts, do you think this is partly because of the Lord of the Rings generation in the 2000s, just of how those three movies were so big? They won Oscars. They brought in a lot of money. They impacted us when we were adolescents. Now that we're in our 20s, there's a lot of 20 to 30-year-olds that were younger back then looking to kind of fill that void that Lord of the Rings left after those three, the hobbits really movies haven't really done it. I think for people, do you think that's played into this Robbie? I don't know if I would agree with that because I think like kids, like, I mean, not they're adults now, but people were playing D and D and, you know, reading the Lord of the Rings book back in the seventies and eighties and nineties. Like there has been always been a market for this, but now that they can put it on the screen and, you know, the first, just the first season of Game of Thrones is nearly word for word the first book of Game of Thrones. Like, it's almost word for word. And when you can do that, kind of like what they did with Lord of the Rings <clears throat> and what they did with Game of Thrones up until they just, they were going faster than George R. R. Martin could push out books. Um, I just think the market for that has grown. And, and same with Marvel. I mean, people have been reading comics and or Marvel and DC, people have been reading comics for years and now they can make a product that looks just like the comics and, and you know, you watch it and it's just as good as the comics. People are going to watch that. And now it's, it's a cool thing, I guess, to be nerdy or geeky or whatever. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, like you had to be a jock or whatever. You, it wasn't a cool thing to be the nerd guy, I guess. We'll see how long that trend goes for Mark. What do you think? Um, I guess to elaborate more on the last saying, I think what helps today in pop culture where everything's more accessible, we have the advent of the internet and being wireless and being able to watch whatever you want, whenever you want. And I think that helps. And at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't matter if this is a dragon show or it's a friend's show. People are going to want to watch something that's made well and made with, you know, love and feeling like, I mean, if this... It was produced and the cinematography was crap people wouldn't watch it if you didn't have the right actors saying the right things and being directed correctly no one would watch it i think it's just a good show was put together um you know hbo is a paid uh like programming tv so either some people pirated it or was were willing to pay 14 bucks or 16 bucks a month to watch this and you know just word of mouth i bet from the first season it got out and more people like oh i gotta go watch this or go buy the dvd or blu-ray and i think this is what even with marvel it's just like paramount decided to make a good iron man movie or good superhero movie and it just grew from there like if one of those movies ended up being crap or two of them was crap we wouldn't have a future there wouldn't have been an avengers or maybe even a captain america if like iron man and the incredible hulk were bombs at the box office we would never get that it's like you you put in your heart and soul to something and Everyone is on their on their A game and go from there. That's a good point. Excellence is really valued more in the market today than ever before because there's so much content. That's what you're saying. And that's a great point that I've kind of never thought about before, but you're you're right. I mean, we all naturally think it. Um, but that's it. Uh, any any last co- thoughts on culture before we move to our last topic, boys? Yeah, I'd actually like to point out that, like, streaming, you know, we've talked about it multiple times on other podcasts and even on our stream before. Streaming has been just such a huge game changer in the entertainment world. And it's just, like, HBO has done a great job of kind of having the best of both worlds because they don't, you know, they release the episodes, like, once a week, kind of similar to a weekly television program. But they also have the whole show available on, you know, most of their apps, programs, and everything. So you can binge watch it up until, you know, you're current or whatever. And that's um, what I kind of did. Like, I didn't start watching it until, I think, 
season three or four or something like that. And so I binged the first three or four um, seasons and then I was caught up and I was like, oh man, like you have the anticipation of seeing it every week, but then also you can just go back and watch some of the previous episodes if you wanted to, like earlier I think it was after the second episode this season. I really was just wanting to um, watch the Battle of the Bastards. It's one of my favorite Game of Thrones episodes. So I just went back and watched it. So I just think HBO has done such a great job of kind of balancing the streaming and the kind of the old school releasing it once a week too. Robbie, last point. Oh, I was just going to piggyback on the what Mark was saying where if a good product comes out, people are going to watch it and nothing can be more true than, I mean, Marvel, obviously they put good products out, they keep building. And then you look at DC, you get subpar products pushed out and the money isn't there and people aren't watching. And that's like, if something's good, it's good. And people are going to watch. If something isn't up to par, people aren't going to watch. Even if you have justice league, doesn't matter. You have all these characters that should be huge. It should be billions of dollars. But if if the story isn't good, if the writing isn't good, if the actors aren't right, people don't people aren't going to care. And that's the same thing with Game of Thrones, and that's that's how Game of Thrones grew to be what it was, what it is or was. I don't know. You're right. All right, let's head into the top five. The we're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List starts now. All right, at the end of every uh, episode, we like to do a top five list. Um, you just heard that bumper. Lots of fun. Lots ex- lots, lots of fun. Much excite. Much excite. Um, we're going to go reverse order of our top five list now. We're going to start with Mark. Then we're going to go Isaac. And then we're going to go Robbie. Mark, what is your top five list of Game of Thrones moments in season eight? We're going to let you guys marinate in this for a little bit. Let you think about the whole series later down the line. We'll do an episode on that. Uh, but for today's episode, what are your top five season eight moments? Mark, we'll start with you. All right. My number five, um, the moment where Cersei is in the, in the, in the basement or in the crypts or whatever, you, whatever it was um, with, you know, um, about to die. She, she fled down there and just the moment where she's just fearing the end where you just see her true self at the end of the day she doesn't want to die she wants to keep living and hopefully maybe she self-actualized that maybe what she she effed up and and jamie all he could do is just hold her and just knew it was the end okay so that's my number five my number four is brianne becoming a knight and then adding on to that uh being knighted by Jamie and then adding on to that Jamie and Brienne, you know, getting busy, you know, Brienne, you know, having her first love and Jamie having his first love. That's not his sister. Um, the number three, uh, is the hound and mountain fight in episode five. It was something I had been waiting for, for a while, seeing those two finally duel and just, seeing Gregor's like facial expressions, just seeing the power his brother had, and then finally getting to see the face of the mountain after what had been done to him. And then my number two favorite moment, and we didn't talk about this, and this is in this last episode, is Edmure Tully making his green comeback and almost and advocating to be the king. And Sansa just being like, sit down. That was that was pretty good. Like just seeing his face, he's like, you know what? I think I could I could be king. I could do this. Let me do this. And then my number one favorite thing from season eight is Danny destroying King's Landing and killing the innocent. And and when I say the innocent, I mean everyone who sided with Cersei, who was obviously not innocent. They sided with the wrong person. They chose the choice. Typical Mark choice. How dare they side with the person giving them food? Oh, I'm Isaac, and my favorite part is everyone was happy and had flowers and the song and dance the end. Mark loves it when everybody goes heel. You know that, Isaac. All right. Yeah. You're up, Isaac. Exactly. Go ahead. That's why, that's why I expected that. All right. So <clears throat> I, I 
said this earlier on the group chat, but I would much prefer to do a top five of all of Game of Thrones because uh, as far as top moments, I don't know how many my um, season eight moments make my all-time list. Probably not many of them. I'm not sure. We'll have to revisit that later. But anyways, um, number five, I've got John rides Rhaegal, the the other dragon, in the first episode. Just a cool moment where um, Danny is trusting John. At that point, she doesn't know he's you know her nephew or whatever it is. Yeah, nephew is that what it is? Um, and he is able to ride a dragon like literally nobody in the whole world has ridden a dragon except for Danny, and she trusts him to ride the dragon and John's just like all right here we go just a cool moment of realizing who he is I guess so and then uh, number four I've got Theon defends Bran in um the okay, that was the long night I think the third episode um and this one I kind of struggled with putting on here because as a moment itself it's not that epic like the Night King literally just kills him and then it's over but just the, like, it was kind of a build-up to a moment, because in the second episode, Theon's like, I'm going to um, defend Bran because of all the terrible things I've done to the Stark family, took over Winterfell, killed a bunch of their people, betrayed them, and then he basically is like, I need to redeem myself for this, and and he defends Bran, like, I mean, he kills crap ton of the um, zombies of the Night King until the Night King comes and, you know, kills him basically immediately. But before that, it's just a really cool moment of redemption, I feel like. So, um, number three is Brienne gets knighted. That's also just a cool, uh, moment with all the, uh, different crowd of people in that, in that room, like, uh, Tormund's in there and, uh, Sir Davos is in there, like just a totally random collection of people and they're all drinking. Cause they're like, Oh man, this could be our last night alive, you know? And then, and then it's just a really cool moment when Brienne finally is like, Oh man, I, I'm, she believes that she's worthy of being a knight. So it's just really cool. Um, number two, I've got Tyrion gives up being Danny's hand. Uh, like Robbie said earlier, that was just such an epic moment where he just walked over to her, just stares her down in the face, and he's like, you did this to all these people. I, I can't deal with that. So he takes off his uh, hand sigil and just chucks it down the stairs, knowing full well that he's going to be executed for it. Um, my number one overall episode from Earth's moment from this season is when Drogon melts the Iron Throne. This Iron Throne that everybody has been seeking this whole dang show. Um, it's just a really cool moment of symbolism that everybody's seeking after this thing that really doesn't exist and obviously doesn't exist for real now that he melts it. But it's just like John just watches him do that, and it's like, holy crap, Like this is awesome. Maybe we'll finally get somewhere in this kingdom rather than everybody just stabbing everybody else in the back to be um, the ruler of this kingdom. So uh, that is my top five. Some honorable mentions I have um, is when Hound finally gets revenge, uh, like Mark mentioned. Um, John reunites with Arya. That was a pretty cool moment where you know they haven't seen each other since gosh probably what like the second or third season, season one or i believe something like that was Pretty it season, sure one? season one man gosh yeah but that's a really cool kind of reuniting moment where Arya's just like grown up basically and john was like the only one that believed in her when she was a little girl um and then uh i already mentioned it but the fireplace meeting with all the random people there kind of just like hanging out because they don't know if they're going to live through the night and then uh is it uh is it podrick the one that sings at the end of yes. the the second yes. episode yeah like they're all just hanging around the fire Tyrion's like how about a song and then podrick just starts singing and that's the end of the episode it's just a really cool moment to end that episode so that's my top five let's close it out with you robbie all right my top five okay number five is is i couldn't decide so I think Arya became my favorite character last couple seasons. Um, and there's scenes in in uh, The Long Night, or whatever they call it, The Dark Night. Is that what they call it? What do they call it? 
Yeah, Long Night. The Dark Knight. <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about the Dark Knight. Yeah, the Long Night, the third third episode with uh, Winter. <laughs> okay, Girl. but that so she's like Girl. stuck in I don't know, it was like a library or a lunch hall or whatever, and she's Ooh, escaping, yeah. you know, going through all the the whites or whatever. Um, I loved that scene, and then I loved the scene um, in episode five where she's you know trying to get out and trying not to die by Danny destroying King's Landing and then she's trying to save people and just just I really loved how they handled Arya throughout this season which might also be why I'm so kind of disappointed that she didn't do anything in episode six um but yeah those were those that's my number five just Arya and number four is the uh the much anticipated Clegane Bowl uh, that everyone wanted to see where you got to finally see um, the hound and the mountain go at it and and just the beginning of that when the hound throw or the mountain throws a I can't think of his name right now but he, he throws the guy and just off of into a rock and it's just it's hilarious it's so good the fight is so well done yep um my number th- it's funny because you just like you think this guy's significant mm-hmm. and then the mountain just, just like kills him. him in like two seconds and then you're just like oh He's not that significant, I guess. Um, and then my number three would be um, in episode three, the the dragon fight. I mean, if you get a chance to get dragons to fight against each other, and I know we don't get a whole lot of scenes with it, but when they're just flying around uh, and John is, you know, uh, on Rhaegal and they're, you know, attacking Viserion, it's just so epic. It's just, and, and that's one of those things where, like, I don't know how anyone could see that and be disappointed in that. It's like that isn't that what we all want? We just want big dragons fighting. Um, my number two would be Danny destroying King's Landing. Uh, I think I thought that turn worked. I thought that turn was very well done and and just crazy to see how you know how crazy she got and how far off the deep end she went. Um, and my number one would be Arya killing the Night King. Um, Although we said we thought it was all rushed and everything, I still think it was awesome to have Arya be that character, uh, to be that killing machine we know she is, and she gets the drop on the Night King, and she gets like a twenty-five foot long jump. It seems like, and uh, you know, jumps at him. He grabs her, and then she does the little knife thing and stabs him, and and that's it. And and yeah, that's my number one scene. Some honorable mention uh, would be that fireplace scene. That you guys are already talking about, I uh, even where uh, Brienne gets knighted and everything. That the whole scene is great. Just with those, those are all the characters that everyone loves. They're no one's, maybe they're no one's favorite characters, but they're all characters that people just love. Um, and then there was another small scene that went unnoticed if you missed it, but the Hound is sitting at the table. They just defeated uh, the Night King's armies, and they're having their party, or whatever. And a girl comes up trying to sleep with the Hound. And he just, like, brushes her off, and he's just like, get away. <clears throat> and then Podrick is in the background. Now the Hound is talking to, I think, Arya. And Podrick's in the background, already has one girl in one arm. And then the girl that the Hound just told to go away just walks up, and Podrick just puts her arm, his arm around her and, like, just whispers something into her ear, and then they just both follow her. And that's just, I just, I love Podrick. That's kind of a funny joke that goes along with Podrick because we don't know what he does to these women, but everyone knows who Podrick is. Podrick is more famous than Arya in Westeros, and it, it's amazing. And that, that's it. I, I want to say, I, I forgot my honorable mention. I just had one that I had this on my list before, but I took it off for the reason why I'm going to explain is Jorah Mormont defending Danny in the Long Night episode. And just his arc of closing out that, you know, he's showing that he's truly loved her and he's being justified by defending her and keeping her alive and then dies in the process. But then at the end of the day, it means nothing. And that's why it's not my list mm. anymore. And then Drogon being sad with her and like laying around them. That was pretty, that was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we close out? I got nothing, but maybe we could tease next next week's episode. Yeah, I I already got us ready. Hey, if you're checking out our if you're checking out our show for the first time, first off, if you're checking us out, here's what we want you to do. I want you to take your phone out right now. I want you to go to the iTunes Apple Podcast app. <laughs> 
give us a five-star rating, okay? Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review because this episode was awesome. We know you love this episode already. Even if you disagreed with us, we don't care. You love this episode. Um, leave us a little rating. We'd love to do that. If you have feedback, send us some feedback. You can send it to infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Isaac, where can they follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook? You can follow us on Twitter at uh, underscore infinity underscore bros underscore on Instagram at the infinity bros and Facebook at the infinity bros as well. I think if you just look up the infinity bros in the search bar, you'll find us with a little thumbs up with the infinity gauntlet. Look for that. Um, Here's what we're going to go through next week. This is just a very brief preview. I know there's more to to be talked about, but we're going to talk about Robert Pattinson being Batman next week. We're not going to give our thoughts. Favorite (gasps) Twilight character. Mark's favorite and only twilight character he knows this is me raising um, my hands just not knowing what dc is doing anymore Mark. i don't even care hey, i just want good I, content i, 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 want, I, want, I want i want robbie to know next this week. that's come all on. i want i don't know Pe- anymore people keep your people... feedback for next week gentlemen okay come okay on. my bad i got i got excited mark you saw john to... wick three we're gonna hear your thoughts about john wick oh my three gosh. rocked my socks off gaga brightburn style. is coming just came out i believe and so brightburn will we'll have thoughts on brightburn comes out no and then comes out uh thursday it comes out thursday i'm so sorry I thought it was already. When does X Men Dark Phoenix come out? Does that come no. out already? Oh, Isaac, seven. Isaac, no one, no one cares about that. Come on, Isaac. Yeah. We'll, we'll, one of us will go to it no and we'll give it a low rating. Yeah, it's, just, it's a two. Um, it doesn't get Robbie, any You don't know this, Robbie, but the Westworld season three trailer just dropped. <gasps> so we will definitely be talking about that. That came out now, a few hours ago. You were probably elbows deep watching Game of Thrones. So we will have our thoughts to that. Uh, we hope you had a great episode with us. We hope you subscribe to our show. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify. And hey, have a great rest of your week at work. And Robbie, Mark, Isaac, thanks for a great show, guys. You guys crushed it. Thanks, you boo. crushed it, Max. All right. You're, I, we love you. Uh, as always, we love you guys 3,000. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you later. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.